Good evening and welcome. The programme is Subject ACT with me, Sophie Singh, on your people-powered radio, 2XXFM 98.3, bringing you stories from our local Canberra community and beyond. Stories with a global dimension. The laws that underpin the policies and treatment of refugees and people seeking asylum in Australia are complex and convoluted, and this complexity has only increased over the years as successive governments have introduced new laws to enable further powers and alongside associated restrictions, and they've sought legal cover to do so. And we've seen this repeated most recently with a further bill to amend the Migration Act to clarify Australia's international obligations for when a person can be refouled, and my French is not great, um, that is deported back to their home country where they might face persecution and danger. To help us gain some sort of clarity on the most recent changes and an understanding of how the Labor Party is navigating through these, joining us today on Subject ACT is Member for Canberra, Alicia Payne. Alicia, it's a great pleasure to have you here. Thank you very much. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here, Sophie. Thanks for having me. Alicia, the complexity of the Migration Act and associated laws is immense. And I imagine as a a Member of Parliament, it must be quite challenging to get your head around those. And I don't expect that we'll come even close to unravelling that complexity. If we could focus on the most recent changes which passed Parliament with Labor's support, can you provide... In a nutshell, what was the core intent of those changes? What were the main measures contained in the bill? Yes, and I'll start with a general caveat as well that I'm not a lawyer. So, yes, it is incredibly complex and trying to understand it is some um, is challenging. So this most recent change to the Migration Act related to, in particular, 21 people who had been found to be refugees, so owed protection by Australia, but had also failed to meet the character test in this case because of serious crimes and some of those crimes included murder, child sex crimes, etc. And this group of people were, without this change to legislation, would have been refouled or refouled. Um, My French is even worse than yours, (laughs) Sophie. But without something uh, to change that, they could have been sent back to their countries where they were persecuted. So the government moved this change to ensure that there was some change there. Now, there has been some reporting that said that this bill enabled people to be indefinitely detained, and that is not the case because, sadly, the government already has the power to indefinitely detain people, and this doesn't actually change that. This did mean that those people couldn't be sent back to their countries of persecution. So Labor was presented with this. I want to start by saying it's not the legislation that a Labor government would have made, but we were presented with this and we could either support it or we could, uh, sorry, we could vote against it or we could try to move amendments to improve the situation as best we could and that's what we decided to do. And before we get to those amendments, there's a few things in what you've just said that I'd like to unpack a little bit more. This cohort of 21 people, is that specifically referred to in the legislation? No, it's not and that's a good point. So, The legislation was brought in to solve the problem for that 21 people, but yes, it does enable this to be um, applied more broadly. And that goes to one of the amendments that Labor made, which was to ensure that the minister needs to notify the parliament when he or she makes this decision regarding someone. So it would be reviewed by the parliament. So the decision to detain someone or a decision to keep someone in detention because they cannot be deported. Yes. So 
It's with regard to cancelling the visa of a person who is owed protection obligations. Right. So that is essentially what would actually be happening. Labor's amendment meant that the minister will be re- required to table a statement in Parliament within 15 days of cancelling the visa of a person. We and- just wanted a bit more transparency around it. Christina Keneally negotiated these amendments with the government and assured us that this is not something that they will be you know, applying willy-nilly. You know, I wouldn't. We, we, we hold them course, on trust. Yeah, we of course don't trust that necessarily. Some of these amendments that we made mean that there will be more transparency around that discretion that the minister is, has been given by this legislation. So you would be fairly confident that the 140 odd people still in detention will not be somehow brought in or these changes would not be applied to them and potentially the thousands of people living in Australia on temporary protection visas could not also be impacted by these amendments. No, I think these amendments are specifically where people were going to be sent back to their countries of persecution and where they would be facing having a visa cancelled. So I wouldn't see it as a broader application there, but as I said, you know, it's something to absolutely watch. And these amendments mean that the minister needs to table that in Parliament so people are aware. There are people in our society who commit terrible crimes and we deal with those people within our society. If someone is found to be in need of protection and we've confirmed that we have an obligation as a signatory to the Refugee Convention to provide that protection, shouldn't we also then manage anything that they do as we would anybody in the community? Yes. uh, My view is that, yes, we should. If people had served their time for these crimes, and frankly, it's not clear whether it was before they came here or since they've been here, or, and, you know, obviously there might be future situations where it's applied. Yes, I think that people who are here who have been found to be refugees and are here should be treated within our legal system as everyone else. However, as I say, this is not the bill that Labor... A Labor government would necessarily have put forward, but dealing with this, that was the decision we made. And I would say that there is probably part of that is around the politics of the issue and the seriousness of these crimes and the, I suppose, community reaction, rightly or wrongly, to having people having done those things here. So, Alicia, the intent that you've outlined is to prevent someone being deported back to danger to their home country. Why not just? repeal the provision that made that possible? Yes, that is a question that many people have raised with me who follow these issues closely. Again, to me, that would make sense, but this isn't the... I think something just for listeners to to explain to, which there does seem to be a bit of confusion in the community about, is like the opposition can't move an alternative bill. So we, you know, if we were in government, that might be how we would have dealt with it. However, we're in opposition. The government puts forward this legislation. If we vote against it, it goes forward as they have put it. In supporting it, that gave us the leverage to get some amendments that improve the situation. So yes, that could have been a perhaps better solution, but this was what we were presented. Was there a consideration of perhaps, because as I understand it, it came out of the blue in the sense that there wasn't a lot of notice and there certainly wasn't notice to the sector that this amendment bill was coming up. Was it a consideration to perhaps let this go through the lower house and then uh, at the Senate have it more clearly investigated? Well, that's right. It was sprung on us as well. Like these things, and having said, you know, that Christina Keneally was able to negotiate with the government, that situation is generally 
a very quick turnaround of will you accept, you know, it's not sort of go away and come back with a list of things that you'd like. So we had very little time as well. I understand there was a time pressure for perhaps a particular person who would have been sent back. I think that that was the reason that it we wouldn't have otherwise put it to a Senate inquiry or the committee or something like right. that. We generally do do things like that with this sort of legislation, but this, as I understand it, there was a time pressure. If we can shift a little bit from the Amendment Bill to look at another issue in relation to the treatment of refugees and people seeking asylum in Australia, uh, and that concerns the Medivac, now repealed Medivac legislation. Labor supported the Medivac legislation and opposed the repeal of that legislation. During the 11 or so months that those laws were put in place, a number of people were medically evacuated from PNG and Nauru for treatment in Australia, of which around 140 and the numbers continue to change a little bit, are still in detention. What is Labor's view about the continuing detention of those people? Well, our view is that those people should not be being detained in hotels in Australia. Our position has been that the government should accept the New Zealand offer to resettle people urgently, um, and we have been calling on them to do that. For people who are not familiar with the New Zealand option, what is that offer that's on the table? So that offer is that New Zealand has said they would take 150 people per year of those people on Manus and Nauru or the people now detained in hotels in Australia and the government has refused to take that up. And that offer was, I think, made first seven or eight years ago. So had that been taken up at the time that it was offered, there would be a significant number of people now living in New Zealand and no longer in detention or uh, in the offshore centres in PNG and Nauru. Looking to a third country as the settlement, I suppose, answer, um, is that something that Labor would continue to try and pursue in government? It is something that Yes, Labor's position in our in our platform is that we would have accepted that New Zealand offer and w- that we would investigate other third-party solutions such as that. I would say personally I struggle with that a bit. I feel that we should be settling people here if they've sought asylum in Australia that, you know, if we're not actually offering them a chance to be considered for permanent settlement here, we're not really offering them asylum and that's a legal right that everyone has, regardless of the method by which they seek that asylum. But yes, Labor's current policy is that we would accept that New Zealand offer and we would explore other similar arrangements. And I think, you know, given... I do think we're right in calling on the government to accept that now because it is probably the quickest and most likely way that we get some of those people out of the horrible situation that they're currently in. And do you have any sense, being an insider in the parliament, that there's any appetite on the part of the government to now take up that offer? I, I don't think there is. I mean, I, and I, when you say insider, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, wouldn't claim to yourself. be an insider, <laughs> see myself as an insider, particularly with regard to the government. But I do feel that the the experience of the Billa Wheeler family may have showed the government the community broadly in Australia has a an attitude that we don't want to see people treated so cruelly, and maybe that has you know, leading to a bit of a change of heart. We saw some government MPs coming out and calling for them to be settled here as well, so permanently. So it could be, hopefully, but I, I don't know. And what is the situation now for the family that they are off Christmas Island and in Perth? Do you think the pressure really has achieved what, what it needs to achieve or, or what's the next step? Well, 
you know, just to recap, this family have been in detention for over three years, um, including on Christmas Island, two little girls, uh, and it took for the little one to become so seriously ill that, you know, pictures of her in hospital denied medical care until it became so serious that she needed to be brought to Perth has really, you know, shocked Australians and dragged the government kicking and screaming to do something about this. Labor have been calling for this family to be returned to Biloela for a long time, um, as have so many in the community and, of course, the Biloela community who really started that campaign. But so now they've been moved to community detention in Perth and I understand that one of the children doesn't have a visa whereas the parents and um, one of the girls does, which just seems ridiculous. I think that this family... You know, it's a perfect example of this government just doing just enough to think that they've solved the problem, but they're still maintaining an element of cruelty towards this family. They should be back in Biloela, where the community wants them, where they want to be, where they had lives established, which obviously three years in detention, they haven't been able to establish any kind of hope or future for themselves. I think that a big part of this is the government making an example of this family to show that we won't settle people here and I think that's disgusting and I think that is why they haven't ultimately been given the solution that they should have, that it's this sort of, yes, they're out of detention but they're in community detention in Perth. In the hope that this will ease the pressure, the political pressure that the government clearly was under. So Labor would support permanent protection visas for this family? Yes, yep. If you've just tuned in... The program is Subject ACT with me, Sophie Singh, on your people-powered radio, 2XXFM 98.3. Tonight, I'm speaking with Alicia Payne, the Federal Member of Parliament for the seat of Canberra, and we're talking about Labor Party policy on refugees and people seeking asylum. Alicia, July 19th this year will mark eight years since Kevin Rudd issued the ruling back in 2013 that people coming to Australia by boat to seek asylum would never resettle in Australia. And while successive coalition governments have vigorously enforced this condition, the roots for this condition were with that Labor government and with with Prime Minister Rudd at the time. How does Labor... I suppose, reconcile the principle that detention should be short, detention should be a last resort with the fact that there are people after eight years still in detention. Yes, I accept that. That that is that was a Labor decision and my personal view, as I said before, is that it is um, if you're offering people asylum, as we should be under international law, you can't say that they can't ever be settled here. That's my personal view. And I, I do want to acknowledge that I've talked to people who were in the government in that time, uh, such as Richard Miles, Chris Bowen, and they feel a very genuine responsibility for the deaths at sea that were happening at that time. And so they wanted to see that finishing. And this, I guess at the time, was seen as a solution to that. Labor's platform, which for listeners is a, you know, that this is a document that is a publicly available document that is brought together by our national conference. So that's representatives of the Labor Party membership from all around the country, as well as unions and the federal party. It has quite some strong policies on refugees, including that we would progressively increase Australia's government-funded humanitarian intake to 27,000 places per year. 
as well as progressively increasing the community-sponsored refugee program intake. And this is about addressing the, you know, by bringing in more people through those channels that we can deal perhaps with the issue at the transit countries. So rather than, because of course people, most people don't come from their country of persecution by boat to Australia. They come via a transit country such as Indonesia. And by bringing more people in through the refugee camps in these countries, we can mean that less people would take that option. Now, having said that, obviously people have a right to seek asylum by any means. I think people would agree that Ultimately, we don't want people coming by boat because it is very dangerous. And if we can bring more people here that way on planes and address the problem that way, that is a good thing. Absolutely. I mean, the best way to prevent people from taking risky journeys is to provide safe pathways so that it doesn't get to the point where people feel they have no other option. Yeah, yeah. You've mentioned a few times that uh, you would like Labor policy to perhaps go further or that you're not quite in line with all the elements. Is there a space within the Labor Party for you to prosecute your argument? Absolutely. So in the federal parliamentary party, we, of course, have our caucus and we discuss all issues through that. So then it's then when we've agreed that that we all vote together or we stick behind our policy. And I think that's an important part of um, being a party of government. And many of my colleagues I know are very passionate about these issues and they represent electorates that are very passionate about these issues, as I do. And I also want to say ACT Labor, who pre-selected me, are incredibly keen to see improvements on refugee policy and that's something I will always take into our federal caucus. So there is absolutely an opportunity and there are people that are talking, we are talking about this on a regular basis and how we can um, pursue these issues. And certainly I know, uh, having spoken to a number of people within your electorate, people are both very appreciative that you continue to be outspoken on this issue and welcome that very much. And I understand a number of people have, have approached you in light of Labor support for the recent amendments. They have, because the way it was reported, I I mean, I must say I was a bit shocked having been in the caucus meeting where we discussed it to then see how it was reported as, you know, support for indefinite detention. Our platform does not support indefinite detention and and we certainly don't. And and so it was presented, I do think some of the reporting has misrepresented what actually went on there and Labor's support of it. And so many people, yes, have wanted to meet with me. I've met with anyone who's wanted to about that issue because I do think it's really important to discuss this with people and to try to explain uh, where Labor was coming from. Alicia, for more than two decades, Australian governments, successive governments, have spun, created, fostered a narrative around people seeking asylum, in particular people who come by boat to seek asylum, that has had very negative and very intentionally negative elements. And for people who were born from the mid-90s onwards, this would be the narrative that they've grown up in. They haven't really experienced an alternative welcoming narrative. How does a country transform what is such a now embedded negative narrative into something that's positive and that's something that we could take pride in as a welcoming country. Yeah, and just reflecting on that, our treatment of asylum seekers was the issue that I first got politically active on and that was back when I was at uni in the early 2000s, nearly 20 years ago. And I, as a young person, was just so deeply disgusted with our detention of people exercising a legal right and the fact that our government would call it illegal. But when I look back now, you know, the issues that we were protesting about were things like 
the fact that the detention centres were run by private companies, and I still think that's wrong, but they were on our own soil. We weren't sending people off to islands surrounding Australia. We weren't indefinitely detaining people. We weren't saying that they could never settle here. I feel like the treatment of refugee, of, of asylum seekers in Australia and the debate surrounding it have declined in that time. So the fact that I'm now a Member of Parliament, I will use my voice at every opportunity on that issue. In terms of changing the conversation, I think that's exactly it. We need to just keep talking about this. We need for it not to disappear off the radar, but we also need for it not to be used as a political uh, tool, particularly against refugees, as it has been by this government. So I think part of it is telling the positive stories, the broader positive stories about migration and, and refugees and what they have contributed to our country. I went to the press club address by Nidal Nyon, and she talked about how we have multiculturalism in Australia, and, and she talked about her experience of being, as a refugee, having been both welcomed and embraced in one sense, but also not, and some of the racism that she has um, experienced. And saying that really we we talk about multiculturalism, but we still in Australia have this attitude that people should be sort of grateful for being here, and that rather than that we should see us as a you know the genuine contribution and welcoming of, of everyone who makes up Australia, because of course so many Australians have diverse backgrounds, um, and so it's it's about that broader story about multiculturalism and about about refugees and the wonderful contribution they make to our community. Um, so changing that. I think the Billa Wheeler family, again, I think the groundswell around this issue hopefully will be a positive thing for broader refugee policy in that people are aware of it. There may be people who'd never thought about these issues before who now see our government locking up a family and two little girls and think that's not the Australia that I want to be and making their voices heard on that. And I think that's a really good point. When we mistreat or are cruel to one section of our community, we are all diminished Yes, as yeah. a result. Yeah, absolutely. Alicia, it's been wonderful speaking with you today. Thank you very much for coming on to Subject ACT. Oh, thank you so much, Sophie. That was Alicia Payne, Federal Member for the Electorate of Canberra. And as I flagged in the conversation with Alicia, this July marks eight years since the then Labor government ruled that anybody seeking to arrive by boat in Australia to seek asylum would never settle in this country. The consequence, among many others, is that there are people who sought protection who have been now in detention for eight years. That's a long time for simply seeking safety. In cities and towns across Australia, people will rally to demand an end to this detention and to call for the safe and permanent settlement of these people. In Canberra, a rally will be held at 1pm on Sunday the 18th of July at the north end of Commonwealth Bridge, just come across via the pedestrian lights on Commonwealth Avenue. You know the ones, the ones that are used particularly when it's Floriard time. Organised by the Canberra Refugee Action Campaign, you can find more details on their Facebook page or their website. And that brings us to the end of tonight's program. I'm Sophie Singh. Thanks for listening and have a great rest of your week.